Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Football In Depth podcast. Um, I'd like to say thank you to all, for all the kind words um, from last week's podcast. It went down really well and hopefully this episode's even better than the last one because I actually know what I'm doing this time around. But um, I didn't really know what to do for this podcast because most of the uh, leagues across Europe are coming to a close really. Um, I think all of the top five leagues have been wrapped up now, um, apart from maybe La Liga. I'm not sure if that's still going going on. I think it, it might have wrapped up. I'm not sure. Actually, yes, it has, because I saw a statistic saying um, every top five league was won back-to-back um, the last two seasons. quite interesting to think about, because people moan about uh, you know Manchester City spending the men, about Bayern... But I think it's actually quite a widespread problem, and I. But I do think it will be, it will die down. That's this sort of dominance because I think the teams who have planned ahead really well, and teams who have had a, a philosophy and they've had a plan, have 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 established this dominance. But but I think if a couple of teams, maybe we would employ some some people like like those clubs have, like the Bayerns, like the Manchester Cities, like the the. Barcelona's have employed then maybe you could see that being replicated elsewhere but because there's not much footballing stuff to talk about I think I thought I'd just do a bit of a transfer transfer roundup for the first week of the window of course the transfer um, window has recently just opened but I've already seen lots of activity um, going on so that's very interesting stuff so if getting straight into it I think the most interesting thing that's happened is probably the announcement of Allegri leaving Juventus. It's it came as mm, it didn't really come as a shock to me because domestically he's been incredible. Um, I think they've they've won how many Serie A titles on the trot now? I think it's like I think it's six, possibly quite possibly could be six on the trot now. I'm not really sure. Sorry, um, but yeah, he's announced he's leaving Juventus. Um, well, not immediately. I think he's seen out the game which happens today versus Atalanta on the final day of the season. But yeah, it is he's announced that he's leaving, which is which is interesting because domestically Juventus are always going to be a powerhouse in the Syria. I think there's not there's not a single team which can touch them in all areas of the field. I think they're just simply too strong, you know. They've got such spending power and they've and they've got such pedigree in that team. I think it's impossible to to overtake them. I think um, Atalanta. They're not even the top scorers in the whole league, though, which I think shows how other teams might be better than them at, uh, at a couple of aspects, um, like Atalanta or other top scorers in Serie A this season. I think they've scored four more goals than um, than Juventus, which which goes to show that maybe Juventus aren't the most attacking side. Um, in the world as well, which which they are renowned for. Allegri's renowned for how defensive he can set up a team. Uh, you know, he did it at Milan and before Juventus, stuff like that. But 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 yeah, I think it's just really interesting how they've decided to to announce this now that he's officially gone. Um, I think they'll. I don't, I'm not really sure who they'll get in. I think what they're what they're hoping for is that, regardless of the result in the in the Champions League final coming up. Regardless of that, I think their next, their, their ideal target is Pochettino. 
I think he's someone who Juventus would really like. I think he's got a great working relationship with 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 both star talent and youngsters. I think he can do both. I think you see how he manages Kane at, at Tottenham and how you know imagine what he could do with Ronaldo maybe, but also he could probably really nourish and help bring up players like Moise Keane and um Daniele Rugani at um at Juventus. I think he could really really do a good job there and he's really had his hands tied in terms of finances at Tottenham and I think really he's come to the to the breaking point really. I think he's happy with the job he's done but I think really he's is gonna move on. It's it's he could definitely move on in the summer unless he got a few. He got his way with a few players, but financial ties with the new stadium and stuff like that. I I, I don't see it happening. So, Pochettino to Juventus is is maybe probable. Um, there's also been paper talk about um, Inzaghi, the uh, Lazio Lazio manager, former player Inzaghi, going to Juventus. Um, he's 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 a good he's a decent manager. I think he's on a domestic level. He'd do a decent job. I think he'd win a win a couple of titles. Obviously, I think most coaches would keep things similar at Juventus and win their domestic title. So I don't really know why they'd sack or mutually terminate. You know, that's what they call it now. I don't know why they'd terminate Allegri's contract if they're not happy with his European success, only to bring in Inzaghi, who's not been proven in Europe at all. In fact. I think Lazio got knocked out by Sevilla in the Europa League this year, so that's not looking. So it really doesn't have much of a European pedigree, as opposed to someone like Pochettino, who took Tottenham to the uh, Champions League final while spending um, absolutely nothing um, in the summer, which I think is really what Juventus like. I think they're they're quite savvy in the transfer market, signing Aaron Ramsey on a free already. You know, that's, that's a really good bit of business there and there's um, rumours about them being interested in players like Icardi and and, uh, and other players like that but I think really they need to target a centre-half if they could get a centre-half in and Icardi who knows they could do much better in Europe next season I think that's really what they're missing um, is really like a focal point in the team as opposed to just trying to play through Ronaldo and because Mandzukic's age, they can't really use him anymore. So it's it's quite interesting, and and also for Allegri, I don't, I couldn't tell you what he's going to do. I think ESPN were reporting that Barcelona were interested, which would be interesting to say the least. I don't, I don't see why they would want to subscribe to that sort of football, given that this recent revisionism around the sort of Johan Cruyff philosophy. Well, Allegri is the polar opposite of that, you know, he is very pragmatic, he's very defensively sound, he will want, he players such as um, Busquets, players such as Arta, players such as Frankie de Jong when he's there, will all be very defensively based if, if Allegri did get that job. And I think you'd be seeing Messi doing a lot of defensive work as well. Um, but but yeah, I don't, I don't really see that as a fit. Um, Obviously, United have given Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the full-time Manchester United job, so that sort of shuts that door. Real Madrid have gone back with Zidane after they after he left. Um, 
for the foreseeable future, so it's, it's, it's very strange for Allegri. The only job I could see Allegri maybe getting this um, summer is if Unai Emery loses the Europa League final, and then he decides that he wants to go to AC Milan, who were linked last week in an Italian publication, reported that Ivan Gazidis, who was Arsenal's ex-CEO, um, less said about him the better, uh, who now reportedly wants to bring Unai Emery with him to Milan. So there's that, and I think if they paid him the money, I think he would... And we, if we lost the Europa League final, the board said to him, we're not too confident in how you're taking us forward, I think he would probably leave. Um, he said, you know, the classic cliches to do with a club when joining, and saying it's a big club, whatever, whatever. But I don't think he's actually too invested in what happens here. And I think the club were really keen on Allegri um, last summer, but they sort of... Um, I think Allegri knew that he wasn't finished at Juventus, and I think he really wanted to work with Ronaldo. So I think that's sort of why why Allegri stayed last summer. But um, mentioning Barcelona, of course, they've been heavily linked with Griezmann, um, who of course uploaded that um, weird video saying he was leaving Atletico this summer. Um, and that's really interesting, actually. If Griezmann leaves... Atletico, I don't really know who takes him in their, in their squad, I, I really don't. I think Barcelona were interested. Barcelona, of, of course, the natural place. They wanted him a couple of seasons ago. He didn't go. Um, said he wanted to stay because Atletico obviously had that transfer ban for their dodgy um, money business. So obviously, um, he didn't he didn't go. He's got a 125 million euro buyout release clause. Sorry, so it's a it's a pretty hefty price to pay. I think he's 27, 28 now. So he's this is prime Griezmann available for about 125 million uh, euros. Um, so I can't really think. I can think of teams who need a star player to play for them, but I can't think of it of a team apart from maybe. Excuse me, Barcelona. Um, who would take him? And a report that came out yesterday from a publication called Sport have said that the dressing room are heavily against the idea of Griezmann um, being at the club, and because well, it's renowned. He's not. Uh, I think he's quite egotistical off the field. Obviously, made his own documentary on Netflix about himself. Things like that. I don't think. Uh, he's well regarded in the dressing room, sort of thing. But I could see someone like, also, Manchester Evening News have reported that Manchester City are open to the idea of maybe going in for him, which I could see, I could see happening. I could see them being happy to pay that money, because Manchester City really need that, in my opinion, they've got a lot of great players, Manchester City, which they have in debt, in squad depth, and they... Watching them play together is, is really great, but they don't have that what I'd call star quality. They don't have that one elite bracket player, which I think will take them from being, you know, one of the best teams we've ever seen to possibly the best team we've ever seen. And Griezmann, could Griezmann be that 
that player. I don't see why not. I think he's great at bringing players in and out of the game. I think he's great at leading a pressing system, which he's shown at Atletico. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen him winning everything. You know, he won the World Cup, he won the Europa League, and I saw a statistic the other day about how if Cristiano Ronaldo um, wasn't playing for Real Madrid a few years back, you know, Griezmann probably would have had a, a Champions League title and. He probably would have had a European Championship to his name as well. So that's that's pretty incredible. He's got a fantastic record for club and country over the years, Antoine Griezmann. Um, but where he'll end up is really, really confusing. If Barcelona's dressing room, if that's true about Barcelona's dressing room, about how they don't want him, the only suitable place I can think of is 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 Manchester City. I don't I don't think Manchester United will be interested anymore. The, the price back then was around £86 million, pounds, which I could maybe see them paying, because that's less than what they paid for Pogba. But now, in this new style Manchester United, I can't see them I can't see them paying that at all, actually. Um, so, I also thought about Bayern, maybe, but then Bayern's sporting director, Uli Honus, came out yesterday and said that Bayern won't be spending any more than €80 million Euros this summer. And they've already spent about 70 million euros on Luca Hernandez from Atletico Madrid as well. So, but so if Griezmann said he's actually he's definitely leaving this summer, that means there there must be a club who are definitely looking at him. But the question is who, and I'm not actually that sure. I've seen some people saying um, some people saying Juventus as well, but. I don't see him fitting in at Juventus, especially with the Paolo Dybala situation unsorted. Ronaldo was signed only last summer for about, what was it, 100, I can't remember the actual figure off the top of my head. I think it was over 100 million euros. So that's, yeah, I think it was 110 million euros. So that's that's still lingering over Juventus's head and they have, you know, bigger fish to fry sort of in other areas of the squad. So... It's really interesting to think about Griezmann and, and where he's going to end up. But also staying in Spain, you know, some of uh, Barcelona's biggest rivals and Atletico Madrid's biggest rivals, Real Madrid, have been doing some very interesting business already, with only it being a week with the transfer window being open. They've already signed up Luka Jovic um, from Eintracht Frankfurt. Now he is, in my opinion, if you take... Kylian Mbappe out of the situation. He's the best young centre forward out there that you can that money can buy at the moment. He's incredible. I saw a statistic saying, what was it? He scored Alves um seventeen goals for for um Frankfurt this season, tenner with his left, tenner with his right and five and seven with his head or something. I can't remember the exact stat, but I know he had ten with his left and ten with his right. That I just thought was that is such a rare thing to have a centre forward who can score goals with with um with both feet. When you look at someone like Aubameyang for Arsenal, twenty of his Premier League goals came with his right foot and only two came with his left. It's quite amazing when you when you think about it that you can get somebody who's that good with both feet and. They signed him up. For, I think they've signed him up officially now for about sixty. I think the figure is sixty million euros, which equates to about fifty-four point two million 
euros in a, a pound sorry um, in English currency which is that is actually an amazing deal considering they've got Luka Jovic who's as I said one of the best prospects in Europe right now in my opinion you know look what he did to Chelsea in the semi-final of the Europa League he scored a, a, a brilliant goal and yeah I think he's got 17 Bundesliga goals this campaign in a, in a decent Frankfurt side so that's that's incredible I think he's only 20 years old as well so that's 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 really good actually and uh, I think yeah I think that's great business for Madrid they need a, a, a another goal scorer in that front line with with Benzema really carrying that Madrid side at the moment I think they lost to Betis um earlier today as well so so things aren't looking great for Madrid especially this season which is why I think they need a another type of Galactico signing another real big name and I think the one they've chosen is Hazard and reports are saying he could be off for about 100 million euros and for me those two signings Hazard and Jovic getting them for, for a combined 160 million euros is one of the biggest bargains I think I've seen in a long time that is insane Hazard and Jovic for a combined total of 160 million euros I think it's I think it's 100 million euros for Hazard. I think that's what they've agreed. But if that is, if that happens, that's cheaper than what? Um, that's cheaper than Mbappe. So you either have one Mbappe or Hazard and Jovic. That's incredible. Um, that's what that I think. I think Mbappe was 280 to 200 somewhere in that figure. But um, but yeah. That's, that's incredible business, but also shows how poor um, Barcelona's business was when they paid £140 million um, pounds for Philippe Coutinho, who has had, he hasn't had a great um, first season at Barcelona um, at all, and there's reports of him um, being involved in a swap deal for Griezmann. So um, Coutinho would go to Atletico and Griezmann would go to Barcelona and would kind of work as like they'd pay a reduced fee for Griezmann I think that's how that'd work but I don't think Coutinho would fit in at, at Atletico I can't see him working hard after the ball I can't see Simeone playing a, a number 10 when he prefers a 4-4-2 I can't see um, Coutinho forcing Thomas Lamar out the side so I don't, I don't I don't really know on Coutinho's future who is another one rumoured to be off but yeah I, I, I really can't can't see what's happened Coutinho but hats off to Real Madrid for their business getting it done early that is impressive um, another team we've got business done quite early is Bournemouth they've signed up Lloyd Kelly um, for 13 million pounds uh, left back who plays for who played for Bristol City now this guy is really good his numbers are, are great across the board um, he's really fast he's really fast he can get the ball into the box quite nicely Great defensively, really hard worker, everything you want basically. And um, I was stunned that he's chosen that he's chosen Bournemouth over another top club. And also, I'm stunned that they let him go for 13 million pounds. That is chump change in today's footballing money. Um, that is absolutely insane. That he's he's been allowed to go for that. I actually can't believe it. Uh, that that's, that's that's unreal. I, I really wanted Arsenal to go in for him, obviously I'm an Arsenal fan, I really wanted Arsenal to go in for this guy when I heard about him, but Arsenal 
I think are concentrating on the Europa League final before they start on transfers myself. But um, but yeah, I think he'll do great under Eddie Howe at Bournemouth. I think he'll he's got good competition and people like Charlie Daniels and people like that in the side. I think he'll do really well next season. If if he has a season like it's a, it's a tough ask. If he has a couple of seasons like Ben Chilwell's had, which is which is possible, he's in that sort of bracket of player. If he steps up to the to the Premier League from the Championship like someone like James Madison did, you're looking at a, a 40 50 million pound player if he has, if he gets a couple or one good season of Premier League football under his belt at a good at good standard because clubs will pay top dollar for a homegrown fullback who is capable of playing at the top level that's why Aaron Wan-Bissaka is in um is in what's the word in demand at the moment and um, that's why Ben Chilwell is in demand at the moment clubs really are desperate for top english fullbacks which have been somewhat absent from sides this years you know these years, sorry, I don't know why I said that. Um, you know, the last couple of English fullbacks who played to a really good standard that I can remember are Danny Rose and Carl Walker. And I think those two were only world class, what, three years ago, in in my opinion. You know, Carl Walker's sort of dropped a couple of levels down. I think Manchester City are looking at right backs, maybe. I've heard names like João Cancelo being mentioned in the news from Juventus for them. So they're obviously not happy with Carl Walker, which is shocking. With Danilo being linked away out of um, Manchester again this summer, so that's that's all well and good. But um, but yeah, I think Lloyd, Lloyd Kelly, excuse me, will do really well at Bournemouth. Um, this leads me on to my, my first question from Wesley, who says, "Why has Company not got a show called Keeping?" company <laughs> i can't answer that question I, I don't know but today it came out that company has left manchester city so it shows that manchester city can't keep company because he's left on a free to andelect in belgium which is where i think he originally played for saw the bit of a weird pro promotional video of them signing him it's very odd looks like a boxer but anyway um yeah he's left for andelect on a free on a deal for player manager for for three years, um, three year contracts. So, yeah, that's really interesting. I think he's still got a couple of years left in him to play anyway. So I think he'll he'll enjoy his time out in Belgium. Probably win three league titles in three years. I assume Andelek still win the league out there, or Club Bruges, one of them. Um, but I really hope he gets some experience as a manager out there because I think company will, will go on to become a, a really good coach in my opinion listen to him speak about the game he's, he's he's really an intelligent bloke and and he really does i think he speaks multiple languages i'm not sure i think he speaks multiple languages though and um he's worked under some top coaches you know he's worked under pep guardiola he's worked under manuel pellegrini he's worked under roberto mancini he's worked under roberto martinez at various clubs so I think that's um that's a really good sort of um what's the word? Those are some really good tactical managers he can he will have learnt off. I think he'll have learnt things about the game. I think he'll from each of them, I think he'll have put them together and I think he'll really um 
I think he'll really become a good coach in the future. I, I hope he gets some great experience at and elect, and I, I hope hope we see him managing in the future. Um, that would be really interesting. But uh, the last last bit of news I've seen is Daniel James being linked to Manchester United. Saw one journalist claiming that he will be confirmed today, and the date of recording is Sunday, the nineteenth of May. So, if that's true. I'm not sure if this podcast has come out and he's just been announced. There you go. If he gets announced next week, there he goes. Well, apparently he's going to be confirmed in the new Manchester United kit I've, I saw earlier. So is that tidbit of information. Uh, rumoured fee is around £15 million, which again, like Lloyd Kelly, it is quite cheap. Um, but it's it's a quite a low-risk signing, I think. If he's 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 been okay for uh, for Swansea, I see a lot of Championship fans, you know, waxing lyrical about him, saying he's saying he's great. Some people think he's quite poor. Looking at his numbers, I think he's got eleven goals and assists in about thirty three Championship games. But for a young player, it's not. Excuse me, that's not too bad. I think it's quite a relatively low risk deal, which Manchester should be interested in. Um, it's low risk, high reward. If he flops for fifteen million, you know they could probably recoup either all of it or ten million at least. They could sell him on. They could easily do that. You know, Jordan Ibe, he flopped at Liverpool. They made a profit on him somehow by selling him to Bournemouth. So, if you're if you're smart, you can definitely protect yourself from from these kinds of transfers going the the wrong way. But I think if he if he does badly, they can do that. But I think if he does well, people will look back and say, wow, what a great signing that is. Daniel James, 50 million, you know. They've, they've acted quick. They want their players. And, uh, yeah, they've, he could well... I think he, I think it probably will, hap- will happen, sorry. Um, it, looks, it looks like the type of player Manchester United like. I think he's Welsh as well. People keep making a link between oh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and a... Welsh left winger, but uh, yeah, I think he, I think he'll do well there. I think he really will. Um, also saw Manchester United being linked to Ryan Sessegnon and Sean Longstaff. I don't know if his first name is Sean. I think it is Newcastle United midfielder. Both both on Sky Sports. Both been linked to the club by Sky Sports. I think Ryan Sessegnon might be false. I, I can't see why they'd be interested in Daniel James and Sessegnon, since Sessegnon is more of a midfielder or a winger these days he doesn't really see much action at left back and um, i think he's pretty much ditched the whole defensive part of his game um so yeah that doesn't make sense to me but yeah daniel james and sean longstaff apparently um interesting players to be linked with to say the least but in terms of arsenal you no know, there's probably a few arsenal fans watching oh watching listen to this podcast um the latest sort of stuff i've heard is that well, the Sun and the Metro are picking up on rumoured interest in Wilfred Zaha. Now, I trust, I do not trust the Sun or the Metro with transfer news at all. Because they're reporting that we're thinking of tabling a bid of £40 million plus Reese Nelson, who's currently on loan. Well, he's just come back from loan now at Hoffenheim. I think that's so far from the truth it's unreal i don't see why arsenal would risk uh letting go of reese nelson who's sort of seen as the long-term project for us but outright on the right side of 
the attack. I don't see why I'd let, let him go, just to sacrifice him, just to bring in Zaha. Short term, yeah, it works out quite nicely, but I think Nelson will do, would do well next season. If we gave him uh, a few games next season um, out on the right, I think he'd do really well. You know, I think he's a... He's sort of from the same school of talent as Jaden Sancho, who's been in incredible this season. So I think we should give Nelson a chance next uh, next season, um, if you're asking me. But, but yeah, it is to my understanding that Arsenal are interested in Wilfred Zaha. They, they, they really like him. Unai Emery likes him. I think the guys I mentioned last week, Edu and Eric Kajijau, I think they're, but they both really like the player. And I think... Rumoredly, Crystal Palace are asking for about seventy-five to eighty million pounds. Now, I think what they're doing here is they're taking a similar stance to Lille in France, who are currently trying to keep hold of Nicolas Pepe. They're saying a high price in the hope that club one club will bid that, and then another club will panic and bid on top of that. But the difference there is that Nicolas Pepe has just had an incredible season. He's just scored twenty-two league goals in Ligue 1. I believe, from the right side of, of, of the attack, which is incredible. I think he's only like 23. So there's that, and I think he's... I, I, I couldn't tell you how many goals he's been involved in. He's been absolutely insane this season for Lille. The difference between that is, he's had that sort of season. Zaha's been either injured or or bit inconsistent this season, really. He's only scored nine goals, I think, which for Crystal Palace isn't bad, but, you know... There have been better options out there for clubs, and he's also 25. But I think that, I think that as the summer goes on, um, Zaha's a boyhood Arsenal fan, by the way, and he still was supporting them only one year ago. So there's that bit of information. So I think he'd really like the move, and I think he really wants to make that step from playing for Crystal Palace and having to be the main man and carrying the team and. He's sort of having to play every game. It can be very tiring. Although players enjoy that responsibility, it can be very tiring. And I think he'd really like the opportunity to play in Europe for Arsenal, whether that's Europa League or Champions League. I don't think he'd really mind. Although he'd prefer Champions League, obviously. But what I think will happen is he'll throw his toys out the pram. He'll start you know, saying he wants to leave. He'll transfer requests, whatever, whatever. And I think it will depend if, if Palace can get in a replacement, which shouldn't be too hard. Um, given young championship players are available for cheap seemingly this summer. Um, I think that they'll let him go for relatively a, a bit less. I think he'd, if Arsenal was smart, I think right around deadline day, I wouldn't be surprised if if Crystal Palace accepted about £50 million. I think it's that simple. I think Arsenal just have to keep testing their resolve, keep testing their resolve of money, keep, keep putting in bids, and then one of them will, will come off because Palace will think... Well, if we wait another summer, he'll be 26. Clubs won't be that interested. He'll, we won't be able to keep hold of him. You know, Manchester United have shown, have, have declared that they're not interested in Wilfred Zaha. I saw a, a, a quite a well-respected journalist um, say that Manchester United aren't interested in Wilfred Zaha. Um, Borussia Dortmund, who were previously linked, have gone out and have supposedly signed Julian Brent and... Um, Thorgan Hazard, Eden Hazard's brother. So that moves sort of off the table. Chelsea have a transfer ban, unless CAS free, um, CAS frees it, which is unlikely at this stage. So really, I think Arsenal are the only suitors. And I think Palace will think, 
well, yeah, we can keep him, but he'll be unhappy, and that will affect his morale, that will affect his attitude, that will affect how much output he gives us for the wage we're paying him, and also will affect our, our whole team. So I think Hodgson will, will probably come to his senses and tell the board, look, um, I really think we need to let him go. He wants this move, he's given us his all. I think I think it's fair to say Zaha could well end up as an Arsenal player this this summer, I think it's fair to say. Um, in terms of defensive options, though, um, I saw a report come out earlier that says that Arsenal aren't interested in either of the past two rumoured um, transfer targets, which were Mario Hermoso um, from Espanyol, about tw- I think he's 23 years old, centre-half, plays on the left side of the fence, and um, Samuel Mtiti, which are two very, very different profiles. But um, there was rumoured interest in both, but neither of them um, are going ahead, apparently. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think Samuel Mtiti, I think the club are worried about his knee injury, which he sustained on his good foot, on his good leg, I think he sustained that injury, and his knee, and he basically, he's had a massive falling out with um, the Barcelona board, and... Um, yeah, they had massive disagreements about how they want him to recover. The The board, I think, wanted him to have the surgery, and he just wanted to let it heal naturally, which takes longer, but I think it would work better in the long run, um, where surgery gets you back quicker. I think that's how it works. Anyway, he's also um, behind PK and Longley in the pecking order, and with Delit maybe coming into Barcelona. He's really under pressure this season for a move, maybe, or unless he can cement himself a place when PK's, uh, if when PK goes. But um, yeah, it was really. I think there was rumours again from not great sources saying that he would be available for forty million pounds this summer. I don't think there's much truth to that. Barcelona have no reason to sell. He's got like four years left in his deal. He's easily worth seventy. 80 million pounds there's no chance i don't think there's ever actually any chance of him going but today really interesting they've been linked to a player called william saliba saliba or saliba i think i'm going with saliba plays for saint etienne he's their number four and he's only 18 years of age which is crazy he's crazy young he's six foot four and he is french um, playing in League and I watched him last night play against Nice, um, Patrick Vieira's side, who he manages now, um, and he was incredible. Um, Saint Etienne won 3-0, and it, nothing went past him. But I think he was dribbled past once in the whole game. I think he made something like 18 passes, 18 completed passes, which doesn't sound great, but I don't think he's... Um, I think Saint-Étienne's system sort of revolves around getting the ball far forward as quickly as possible, which you see more and more um, around Europe these days. Teams like Leipzig, um, you know, these teams like um, Leipzig and and Leicester to an extent now do it more often. They try to use their centre-backs to propel the ball forward. Um, So I think that's sort of what he's been doing, and and it really worked. I think he got, you know, most of his passes went forward instead of backwards to the goalkeeper, which is... Promising signs, what we like to see at Arsenal. Um, I haven't seen many fees gone coming around. I've just seen Kike Marin, um, who's a Spanish journalist, come out and say this that we're interested. And um, 
he's not the most reliable bloke, um, Marine, but um, I think he's got more reliable for Arsenal news because of the recent Spanish uh, officials that have started working with the club. Raul Sanjali started working um, for Arsenal. Um, he also confirmed Unai Emery was getting the job all the way back last summer, so I think that's something to do with it. So he might have a pretty good idea. Um, he also, um, I think he also released a cryptic tweet to do with Wilfred Zaha, so that pretty much confirms our interest there. Um, but yeah, this um, Saliba, 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 yeah, Saliba I went for. Saliba, um, he looks like a, a quality player. I think 25 million euros is the fee I imagine St. Etienne would want. You know, they can't, they could reject that, but I don't see why they would. Um, 25 million euros for Saliba. He looks incredible. He reminds me of a young Virgil van Dijk, which is a massive compliment, obviously, this season. Van Dijk's been probably one of the best two players in the, two or three players in the world. Top three, at least, players in the world. But the way he looks so cool and composed on the ball, um, whether he's playing against a team like um, Metz or Strasbourg, or whether he's playing against someone like PSG or or, or Leon this season, when I've watched, when I have had a chance to watch Saint Etienne, he looks so quite quite calm and composed, and that's something which Van Dijk has had throughout his career as well. You could see it from his time in Celtic and from his time now in Liverpool. Whether he's playing against teams like I don't know Cardiff or whether he's playing against teams like Barcelona, he acts the same, he stays the same, he's he's so calm, and because he knows he's better than, than other players, he trusts himself that much, so, and that really, um, Saliba, he really does strike me like that sort of player, so I'd love to see Arsenal get get that one done, and that would really actually be quite exciting, but uh, the other rumour which was going around quite strangely, was Maxi Gomez being linked to Arsenal? Um, twenty-two-year-old Celta Vigo striker. I think he's scored over ten goals this season for Celta Vigo. They're seventeenth in the La Liga. They've had a atrocious season. Um, he's got a forty-three million pounds buyout clause, and apparently, according to multiple West Ham sort of reporters and what you'd call a leaker. They're sort of not an, a reporter, but they leak things from the club, allegedly. Um, apparently, Arsenal sort of hijacked that deal. West Ham have been interested for a long time, and and Arsenal have come along and hijacked the deal. I, I can't see why that would be. I can't see that being true either, really. So I take it with a pinch of salt. But Maxi Gomez to Arsenal, apparently, is, is almost confirmed, which I doubt. I doubt that's actually... That's actually happened, but we'll wait and see. That's all I have on Arsenal, really. Um, the only other thing I have to do with transfers is that it looks like um, Marcelo Bielsa will be staying in England, at least. It's not really known whether he stays at Leeds, though I think he will, because of how they've subscribed to his philosophy and how they've, how they've trusted him so much um, this season, but... Yeah, apparently he was spotted, saw a photograph of him, spotted car hunting in a car dealership, looking at VW Golfs, little white one. Apparently that means he's staying. I would think so. The wheel would be on our side of the road, so I assume that's why people are saying that means he's staying. But yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, 
There was rumours, of course, of him being linked back to Argentina, rumours of him being linked to France, all sorts of stuff was coming out in the papers um, yesterday, but apparently this looks like it means he's staying. Um, question here from Ollie, who says, who's had the better season, Aubameyang or Lacazette? Now, hmm, people who talk to me about football will know that my thoughts on this. Uh, my Straight off the bat, I'm going to say Aubameyang. Um, I just think he's, he's statistically he's had a better season. I think, well, it's hard to say. Um, statistically, he's had the better season, yes. If you're saying aesthetically, I'm not sure. Like, I think... You know, Lacazette, he scored some great-looking goals. You know, the goal at Napoli away, that free kick, despite being a goalkeeper error. The goal against Everton at home. You know, those are just two examples of nice goals he scored. But Bamming scored great goals too. So I'm not really sure why there's this sort of view amongst Arsenal fans, especially online, that Lacazette is really complete as a footballer and Aubameyang isn't. I don't know where that started from because... I think Aubameyang is better at some stuff than Lacazette. I think, as a centre-forward, I think there's only a few things which Lacazette has over Aubameyang. Maybe one of them is competing for headers, and the other one, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think he's good at, he's much better at tracking back than Aubameyang is, I think. I think Aubameyang can't track back in this Arsenal side, though, because Lacazette's doing it. And if they're both doing it, there's no one up, there's no, there's a massive hole left up front. So I think there's I think there's that I think that's the main reason why Arsenal fans think Lacazette is more complete, which is very strange if you ask me. But statistically, Aubameyang has 38 goals and assists this season. Lacazette's on 28, so there's already quite a big, um, quite a big gap there in terms of those numbers. So that's interesting. That's uh, 31 goals and seven assists for Aubameyang. Obviously, won the Premier League Golden Boot this season as well. <clears throat> Sorry, only the modern era, I think, is only the third Arsenal player to do that. Quite interesting. After Thierry Henry and Robin van Persie, Lacazette got 18 goals and 10 assists. So that's quite the difference in goals. Um, in goals there. Um, in terms of against the top six in the Premier League, Aubameyang got five goals and assists in all competitions. Lacazette got four. So there's a, there's a bit of a gap there. Um, in all competitions versus what you'd call big teams, Aubameyang got 10 goals and assists, Lacazette got 8. Um, Aubameyang also scored those goals versus Wren in the Europa League to get them through the... Was it the, was it the round of 16, I want to say? Round of 16 versus Wren? Aubameyang scored those crucial two goals, and also I think he assisted one as well. Um in that tie, so that, those were really crucial goals, so without those goals, Arsenal wouldn't even be in the Europa League final right now, so, and also with that is goals versus Valencia, but that goes without saying, um, what else was I going to say, oh yeah, uh, he's, he's, Aubameyang has earned Arsenal 19 points this season from his contributions, I think that is, which is a crazy amount to me especially, that's more than six, that's six more than any other player in the league, which just shows how crucial he is for Arsenal. And I think statistically, for me, that last stat makes him player of the season. Um, that's just insane. I don't know 
on what grounds I don't know what you can say Lacazette is player of the season for. I really, and it's going to sound harsh, but he's played, he's he's off the off the ball and out of scoring stuff is good, yeah, but statistically that isn't backed up. So if you're going off statistics, I'd say yeah, it's it's definitely got to be a Bamiang. He beats him in every single step on this page. I I I think some people might argue he's done it more consistently over the season, in which I would disagree as well. I think uh, Bamiang went on a bit of a a goal drought earlier in the season, but that was squashed relatively quickly. I think Lacazette has this weird thing where he goes like seven games without a goal. And nobody will say anything. He did it in his in first season. He went like fourteen games without a goal, which I think is why we bought a Bamiang. I thought I think Arsene Wenger wasn't really impressed with Lacazette at all as a lone centre forward. Um, I think he can't really handle it myself. But um, but yeah, I think I think for me, a Bamiang is Arsenal's player of the season. Um, scored so many crucial goals. Kept as he he was really the only thing keeping them in that top four chase for a long time, until um, until until it came up to it and then we sort of fell over against who did we play like uh, Crystal Palace and Brighton teams like that we couldn't even get a point against, and so we were left out with the top four really frustrating stuff, but for me regardless of this argument. I think it's got to be one of Aubameyang and Lacazette. There shouldn't have been anybody else mentioned. Maybe Aaron Ramsey, but wasn't really consistent. So for me, it's one of one of those two. Or maybe Granit Xhaka, but he has made a lot of errors this season and probably and cost us top four. I'd be fair to say. So, so it's 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 one of those two anyway. Aubameyang or Lacazette. Uh, I'd I'd say Aubameyang. Some people might say Lacazette. That's fine, but I feel like I've given enough evidence to say why I feel it is Aubameyang. Um. And yeah, that's that's it for this podcast. It's a bit of a shorter one than last week's. Not as much to discuss. Um, of course, this summer coming up. Well, before that, we have the Europa League and the Champions League finals coming up towards the end of the month. Um, my predictions are Arsenal and Liverpool to win. I think uh, I think Kane won't be fit for Spurs. And I think Liverpool will be too strong for them. I think they'll be fueled by last year's loss. Um, and also, I think Arsenal are just better than Chelsea this season. I think they've been comfortable. I wouldn't say comfortably. I'd say they've been better than Arsenal this season to warrant a vic- me thinking that they'll win. I think that that's going to happen. Um, also, in the summer, we've got the Copa America and AFCON coming up, along with the UEFA Nations League final coming up, which is very cool. Um, my predictions for the winners of those. Um, off the top of my head. Um, Senegal have got a good chance for AFCON. Senegal, Nigeria, Ivory Coast. If I had to pick one of them, I'd say Nigeria, maybe. Maybe I'm biased. I'd say Nigeria, probably Nigeria. Um and then for the Copper, this is interesting. Copper America, it's, a, it's either one or two. I can't see Chile winning it with the form Alexis Sanchez has been in. I can't see them carrying them to that again. So I think it will probably be Barcelona. I don't think Argentina have got the side for it. I, I really don't. I don't think Messi can carry them 
to that. And in terms of Nations League, I think England will beat... Will they beat the Netherlands? Oh, it's an interesting one. Um, I'm going to leave that one open. I'm going to say they draw and then they go to penalties. Um, and then it's decided through that. I really can't think of who, who beats them. Maybe I'll do a podcast on it and have some people on to decide with me in terms of the Nations League. But yeah, that's the podcast for this week. Um, made it a bit shorter, so it's easy to listen to. Um, and yeah, that's about that's about it. Thanks for all the support. Uh, hopefully this podcast does even better than the last one. Um, please, can you shout the podcast out to people? That would be very much appreciated. Get some more listeners on. That would be very much more appreciated as well. Um, but I'd like to say thank you for all the support. Thank you for all the listeners. It's really pre- Thank you for your questions as well. That's really, really appreciated. If you have any questions, feel free to let me know. For the podcast, I mean, feel free to let me know. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to let me know. It can be arranged. And yeah, that's 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 about it. So hope you've had a good week. Hope you have an even better week next week. And I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Thanks and bye.